Today our sermon title is entitled Finding Common Ground. It is in the continuing continuance of our sermon series, Finding Faith and Finding It Through Journey Inward and Journey Outward. Well, how did we do last week? Did we take a close look at ourselves and determine if any of our thoughts and actions arose out of prejudice? Discovering our prejudices is a continual process and is not done in a small period such as a week. But if we continue to work on it, we will become more and more aware of what lies within each and every one of us. But there is more work to do. To repeat what I talked about at length last week, we are called to love one another as we are loved by God through Jesus Christ. We are called to treat others as we would wish to be treated. No one can dispute that this country is unfortunately plagued by prejudices between people of different races, ethnicities, genders, or sexual orientation. The question becomes, what can we as individuals, or as a church do to address these prejudices? What can we do to end the prejudicial divisions we have in our society? Well, we need to have what I will call an approach to do so. And there is one that has been around for years and is recognized as being very successful in reducing prejudice. We can all use it. We can all make it work to end prejudice, is certainly in our own circles. In any scholarly discussion about prejudice, there is a book brought, brought up over and over again. It is entitled The Nature of Prejudice by Gordon W. Alport. It is the most cited book on prejudice. It is a long book. It's over 500 pages. And sometimes it's very dense with detailed discussions about studies done on the origins, causes, and nature of prejudice. However, the one thing that really got my attention, in the book, it is not the whys and hows of prejudice, but the potential resolution of prejudice. It is called the contact theory or contact hypothesis. The basis for it is that intergroup contact under appropriate conditions can effectively reduce prejudice between different racial, ethnic, gender, or sexual orientation or socioeconomic groups. The concept is actually very simple. Bring members of different groups together. Have them work at getting to know each other, and the common ground between them will then appear. Then they work on expanding the common ground until understanding between the different groups begins to grow and grow. Ultimately, they will find that the things they have in common are greater than their differences. The final step is the recognition of those significantly reduced differences 
and respecting them. So if we are willing to use this approach, where do we begin? I suggest we begin right here at the neighborhood church. This church has its own cultural and racial diversity. We can start by talking to each other about our life experiences as a black person, as an Asian person, as a Latino person, and as a white person. For people of different ethnic backgrounds, we here can serve as a model. As we begin to know and understand each other, we will begin to see the common ground we share. That common ground can, of course, include, but not be limited to, the love of God through Jesus Christ that we all share. Let's talk to each other about what God and Jesus Christ mean to us, how they are in our lives, and how they direct our lives. We can build true relationships upon the common ground we share while respecting the differences we have. We can do this regardless of our race, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation. We can then become a living and thriving model to others to have loving and caring relationships with each other, all others. And never forget the statement of Jesus Christ from our second scriptural passage today, read by David. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. In Hebrew, peace means shalom, which means much more than to bring peace. It means you have the presence of all good things. Shalom. Please have the presence of all good things. Let us ask God to help us to come to know how to bring all good things to others. The contact theory has met with great success over the 50 years plus it been, has been used. An example of the contact theory being played out in real life is through an organization called One Small Step. It was recently featured on the CBS 60 Minutes news program. The exact date was on January 9th, and you can find it in their archives. Their process is to put two people together with very different political views. It is a structured environment with a moderator. Before the session, both participants are asked to write out their biographies. Then in the session, they read out loud the biographies written by the other person. Common ground between them begins to appear. They then begin to discuss the common, brown, common ground, such as their similar family life, health issues, or shared belief in God. The founder of the organization makes two very important points. First, that this country has developed a culture of contempt. And it is very difficult to hate someone when you are discussing the common ground you share. 
His, he hopes to change that culture two people at a time. Another example deals with my other job as a mediator. The two areas I usually mediate in are with cases that are in litigation and in ch- disputes within church congregations. I did not realize that in 25 years and over 8,000 mediations that I have done, I have been practicing the contact theory over and over again. I didn't know it, but I think God did. Interchurch mediations can be the most difficult to conduct. Frequently, you have one group saying, God has told us it needs to be done this way. And another group saying, no, God has told us it needs to be done this way. The mediation of these issues can take place in this way. After a lot of preliminary work, responsibilities and representatives from both sides are heard and then they come together in an all-day mediation. To start, they are directed to common ground and the issues they all share. In church mediations, this is fairly obvious, but in the heat of battle, people only think of their differences and not what they hold in common. An example would be their church and the role that it has played in their lives. They can start sharing the meaningful worship services they have attended, the fact that they were baptized and married in the church, and that it was in the church that they had a memorial service for loved ones that they have lost. Well, all this is going on you can see the lessening of the hostility that was in the room a few hours ago. After several more hours of focusing on what is the common ground they share, then they are slowly directed to back to the divisive issues that brought them to the mediation. Almost every time they begin to work out with each other to resolve their differences, as opposed to fighting over them. Both of these techniques can be used by anyone to address prejudice, by helping people find common ground and building a relationship based on that common ground. You don't have to be a mediator or any type of a specialist. We can all do it. Remember the old saying, The ground under the cross of Jesus was flat. Therefore, we are all equal under God through Jesus Christ. Another approach that directly deals with prejudice is to get involved in an interracial charity. There are lots lots of them. As some in this church have done, I spent many years with a charitable organization called CASA, which stands for Port appointed special advocates. It deals with children who are in the dependency court system who have been removed from their homes because of abuse, neglect, or some other endangering issue. These children are from all races, ethnicity, and socioeconomic backgrounds. After your training, you are appointed by a judge as an advocate for a specific child You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to have any legal training. Then it becomes your job 
to investigate for the court the entire situation the child is dealing with, including the nature of their living conditions, the medical needs they may have, and educational educational issues that exist, and the relationship they have with members of their family. What is relevant to this discussion is that in your job as a CASA, you will frequently come in contact with people of different races and ethnicity. You go into the child's home frequently. You will repeatedly talk to the child, their parents, their extended family, their doctors, and their teachers. This will of necessity bring you into close contact with families or caregivers on issues that are affecting the child. I went into many homes as a CASA, and frequently I was far from welcome into that home. I could just feel the prejudice against me. What is this white privileged guy think he's doing with my child or the child that is under my care? He doesn't know anything. And sometimes those feelings were verbalized. And my response was, you're absolutely right. I don't know a whole lot about you and your culture, but I do know what your child is entitled to and should receive under the system. Believe it or not, I'm here to help your child, and I think you and I can work together to do that. Let's come together to do what is best for your child and her or his needs. More often than not, the caregivers or family came to a better understanding of who I was, and I certainly came to a better understanding of who they were. One of the greatest compliments I have ever been paid is, Moorhead, you're okay, even if you are a white guy. There are many other charities that you can become involved with that involve interracial issues. Not only do you serve a need, but you also begin to bring down the walls of prejudice that existed before your involvement. Family Promise and Harbor Interface Center are also good local interracial charities. Now, I hope you've noticed this morning how many times I have used the words common ground. Those two words are the key, or a key, to understanding and limiting or perhaps even one day completely doing away with prejudice. A statement I have been making for over 24 years about bringing people together is that we as Christians are to seek common ground between all people. I know there is always common ground. If we haven't found it, we haven't looked hard enough. Or we didn't recognize it when we did find it. When we do find common ground with all our brothers and sisters under God, then Isaiah's description from our first scriptural lesson for today would apply. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. 
Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat the straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the wean child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I think Isaiah's prophecy could have been talking about what could happen in our country and the prejudice that infects it. If we could only bring together those who harbor prejudices and those that are affected by those prejudices, we could serve as the peacemakers as Jesus calls us to be. We can help people find the common ground that they share. Then a relationship can begin to form where there was none before. The poisoned atmosphere between people will be dissipated. And just like the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the kid, the calf and the lion, the cow and the bear, We can understand the differences we have, respect those differences, and live our lives together. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let it be so. Amen.